0: Hi Minimal Moves, it's Haruka again and today I wanted to talk about having hobbies as a minimalist. So this can be a whole array of things obviously and I was making my notes for this episode but I didn't really know what exactly to put in here because anything could be a hobby, right? And that depends on the person. I think that what a hobby is, is kind of a weird concept for me. Here's why, because I think of hobbies as something extraneous, like something I can declutter almost, something I don't need. And so whenever people ask, oh, what do you do for fun? I don't really have a response because I always spent all my time and energy in extracurriculars or I would be grabbing a meal with a friend. I love food and I love brunch and getting coffee and things like that. So I would always say a vague mixture of, oh, I love spending time with my friends and You know, most of my time is taken up by school and related activities, and people would understand because I think that's fairly common for a lot of college students up until this year. This year, in 2020 slash like the 2020-2021 academic year, I mean, I feel like we've seen a lot of changes in how people spend their time. My time structure has changed so much. I would say for the worse for me personally, but I've seen a lot of people take time to take care of themselves or try new activities, spend more time, definitely everyone's I feel like around me spending more time on cooking, which has been very cool because everyone else, unlike me, are good at cooking. And I've also seen, I feel like I've seen people turn to those hobbies that are kind of considered uncool or unimportant, like the more grandma hobbies, if that makes any sense. Like knitting, embroidery, stuff that I'm not smart enough to figure out because my brain just can't stand to do it, I guess. I don't really know. Um, I wish I could, but so all these things I've seen campus organizations run a tutorial on how to embroider your mask, a very 2020 thing. And I've seen people thrift flip or flip whatever clothes they have, which is very exciting to see. And so I feel like hobbies have become very much more of a thing in U.S. higher ed culture this year, especially because we're not going out like we were before and there's so much less you can do. And so the things that you can do well to its fullest extent are those classic hobbies that people have conventionally declassified as unimportant. And I feel like we do live in an introvert's world to a certain degree right now. And I think that's actually great because of course, great for introverts and I used to classify myself as introverts, but I think I was in denial and I do feel like I'm more of an extrovert because and I want to clarify, first of all, I know we're talking about hobbies here, but I think understanding introversion and extroversion is also very important. And I'll explain why in a second. But the difference between introverts and extroverts is not if you like spending time outside or if you like just like being outside. Because I think a lot of people mistakenly classify themselves as ambiverts when they're like one or the other one. Um And I think that understanding that is pretty important and understanding how you take rest, what forms of nourishment for your, you know, soul and body and all that good stuff comes from. So obviously I'm not a certified psychologist or anything like that, but I think I'm a certified human. So from that perspective, I started with Susan Cain, who has a book on introversion and did a TED talk as well. That's where I started learning about introversion and extroversion when I was really young. And I mean, I'm kind of still young, Um, dumb and broke but that aside introversion means that you draw your energy from introspective activities basically so anything like reading you know sitting in your room embroidery and stuff if you do it alone extroverts draw their energy from seeing people and from doing the embroidery but with other people it's not exactly if you like to be outside or like to go out and i think also the fact that people potentially misclassify and that's also tied to the fact that introversion in the u.s even though people say oh everyone's great there's still a lot of stigma against being an introvert and i have to say that introverts tend to be incredibly successful in the academic model that we live in because they're very good at devoting their energy on individual activities whereas I think I kind of always need a study buddy and, or work in a cafe, so 2020 has been an incredibly unproductive year. That's just my excuse, but point being, I draw my inspiration and joy and motivation from being around others that I love and trust, and I think that that is the fundamental difference between introverts and extroverts. So I went from saying that I'm an introvert to saying that I'm an introvert to saying that I'm an extrovert. So here we are. And I think that 2020 has really helped illustrate that. It doesn't mean that, you know, introverts won't miss going out or extroverts don't want to turn inwards and read a book or something like that. I think that that's still very true. But what you fundamentally yearn for And this is really important to the idea of hobbies, in my mind, because hobbies are where you can, I mean, you don't even need to put the stakes as high as recharge. I think that when I think of hobbies as something that I use to recharge, it becomes a little stressful almost. It's like, I need this to be productive, as in, I need this to be restful so I can be productive in other dimensions. And that's just a little bit too much pressure. So how I like to think of hobbies is this kind of new adventure, this sort of sidetrack, this sort of side project, I have been, yes, fully integrated into the capitalist system, yada yada, but I think that conceptualizing hobbies as this new adventure, or new project, or new travel, travel is a weird word, but this new thing that you can take on, where you can delve into it with a very specific frame of mind, And your competencies do not tie with your competencies in other realms. That's kind of how I conceptualize hobbies. Now, what hobbies do I have? I have to say that I am pretty ashamed. I think for me, there are two main ones. And oddly enough, they both have to do with my voice, which is not particularly good. I don't think it's particularly disturbingly annoying to listen to, I hope. If not, for those many of you who have taken the time to listen to this podcast, I am very sorry. I think that my first hobby that I've always had, that I've cherished, that is also not possible during the pandemic, that is singing slash choir. I'm not a solo singer at all, and I am not a good singer in that regard, but I have done, I think, around 18-ish years of choir slash choir style singing throughout my life in various organized settings, mostly voluntarily signed up for sometimes mandatory by school, by my school. And that's because I went to an all girls Catholic school for about 10 years. And during that time, we did sing a lot of biblically related songs, inquiry things. And that's just become a part of my academic experience and while i was even abroad in paris i really tried to seek out a choir i hope to continue to participate in choirs and choir is very interesting because while it's a very social setting it's a very specific like it's odd because people in choir come from various drastically different walks of life generally not from this one discipline or anything like that i'm not high enough level i guess for that but at the same time there's a choir vibe I don't know. And it's both extremely social but also not because you're singing most of the time. Most of the activity is done without an ability to verbally communicate with people. But also there is the pre-choir, post-choir, setting up the chairs time. If you are in choir, you know what I mean. I don't know, there is a lot of awkward chit-chat time. So so there is that. So there's choir and then my other hobby you guessed it, is this podcast. And I mean, it's kind of a hobby. It's kind of, I'm pretty serious about it because that's just my personality, I guess. I have this mic that I'm very fortunate to have that was gifted to me, which is probably one of the best gifts because I use it almost every day and it helps make my hobby quality better. And I hope that it makes your listening experience also better. But this hobby, so I want to take those two examples and explain sort of major buckets of hobbies and how that relates to having hobbies as a minimalist. So first of all, there's a bucket of low-tool hobbies, and second of all, there's the bucket of tool-intensive hobbies. So these are my two main buckets of classification. They're pretty self-explanatory. The low-tool hobbies are the ones that don't require a lot of tools. So choir is an extreme version of this. I mean, you do need music, as in the the pieces, you need to be able to learn those somehow, but I think some choirs learn music by year, and that would actually work really well for me, because I really can't read music, I look at it, and then if I hear some tunes, I use the music to guide me, but I fundamentally learn by ear, so in my case, I guess choir is a very tool, non-existent hobby, it could be, Generally speaking, choir also requires having a, what are those called? Are they called choir dresses or choir gowns? It's this really just unfortunate, some of them are pretty, but some of them are just really unfortunate dresses and it just makes no sense and it's incredibly sexist because our choir started off requiring women to pay this large sum for choir dresses and didn't require men to do anything. They just needed to wear a black shirt and black pants or something like that. And it changed after a semester or so because it was horrible and it made no sense. So choir has a lot of sexist traditions in it, of course, because what in our society doesn't? But that aside, it's a very fun activity that you can do with fairly minimal costs. And because they're tied to the church and, you know, the churches and the like general idea of church and they're generally supposed to be fairly charitable, I think, as a person out of the church can't confirm, but you know, I'm kidding, um, in my experience, most church and choir establishments have been pretty inclusive and kind, so if you can't afford something, generally there's support, so I think that's a good approach that they have, aside from the sexism thing, yeah. Okay, so that's a little tool hobby. So is this podcast, if I'm being honest, because I already have my computer that I need for school, so I didn't particularly invest in that. If this mic weren't a gift, I probably would have invested in one sometime around now, maybe, where I'm committed to doing this podcast. I really enjoy it, and I think it's worth my while. The mic that I have is fairly low cost in the range of condenser mics that are out there. Actually, so there are various categories of mics and i don't know many of those kinds i basically only know two of them so there's the one that you stick on your lapel label i don't know how to read that word even so you know how well trained i am in this but and then there's the condenser mics and there are theater mics or the mics that look like they're pointy lights so there are various options but for this, I decided to go with this mic because I didn't really foresee myself moving around in the room or anything like that. If I ever start a YouTube video, which let me know if that's something that you think would be a good idea. I would love to hear your thoughts. I'm considering it, but I don't really have video editing competency and I, I'm curious. That might be something fun to do and so if I do that, I might be thinking about maybe video editing software, but I'll probably just start with iMovie or something like that using tools that I already have, and that's something that I think Low Tool Hobbies really lends itself to, so really evaluating if you want lapel, lapel, I really need to stop saying that word, the little mic that you stick on your clothing, or if you want a condenser mic, you probably don't need to start off with both if you're Doing something like podcasting or even YouTube, you probably just need the, the uh, little mic that you stick on your clothes um, because these things can get pretty expensive as well. And also, I do think that low tool hobbies are good for minimalists in the sense that they don't really require you to pick up a lot of tools. Other hobbies that fit in this category that I can think of are, say, Music-related things, so well, conducting is one example of you literally need nothing, singing also. I mean, you could get the conductor stick, but that's still one thing. Singing, you really can't get an instrument at all, aside from maybe a music stand. There are other hobbies, as in other musical instruments you could learn, that might require more tools. Like piano requires a very large tool, but it's one. <laughs> you might think of picking up a guitar or violin or flute or many many other instruments that would be very cool to learn and take up a lot of time and also i think creatively stimulates your brain if i'm remembering my cognitive science ish classes well i think they talk about how music stimulates your brain in a way that is good for you so i recommend and With these hobbies, I think in general, there are many ways to rent or minimize or substitute. For example, if running is going to be your new hobby, which I'm kind of trying to get back into as well, fantastic news is that you literally need nothing to run aside from, well, running shoes and workout gear. And, you know, if you're a person who wears like sports bras and like leggings and stuff, yes, you need those certain items, which I know is easier for people who don't. So, I mean, there are some differences, but overall, chances are you already have a workout fit and you already have sneakers, maybe, or some sort of shoes you can run in. Or maybe you can run barefoot, depending on where you live. And other other workout-related, I think some of them can be very tool-intensive. A friend gifted me resistance bands, as in not the ones who work out your, like, butt, but the ones who work out your everything, I didn't know they existed and I'm quite fascinated and they're these little rubbly rubbery things it's it's fantastic I think especially given COVID I think that a lot of people are also getting back into working out that's definitely a trend I've seen this year and there's a good news and bad news to this because a lot of the fancy gear is pretty expensive like weights even though it's so silly because it's literally just a heavy object that you're lifting up and down but those things can get a little pricey and can take up a lot lot of space. The good news is that body weight and most of those really meaningful and simple exercises that are easy to maintain don't really require much tools. Maybe you want a water bottle that's filled up or for like a weight substitute or maybe you want a yoga mat which you can generally find secondhand probably because people kind of go in and out of wanting to work out and having multiple members in the house who work out and it's also something that's hard to transport so in our day and age of a lot of people moving all around the country and the world you're probably able to find a good one or a moderately used one secondhand or for free hopefully and if not you can also probably pick one up for around i think i got mine years ago well i have three because i have a long tailbone it's a long tailbone story but that aside the one that i did spend my money on that one i think was around ten dollars or maybe not even it was incredibly cheap it looks very cheap but it gets the job done so there are a lot of lower cost substitute options obviously you can use a cushion if you don't really want to invest in a yoga mat depending on what you're doing on it please be safe though But yeah, so there's our low tool hobbies that I am interested in slash I can immediately think of. Of course, there's music editing and, you know, drawing and many, many, many other things. But let's move on to the tool intensive hobbies. So this I'm thinking about things like painting, embroidery, sewing, knitting, um, thrift flipping. Can you tell which corner of YouTube I've gotten trapped into? Cooking can be tool intensive depending on what kind of cooking you're into. So... There are many ways you can either cut down the supplies that you need or figure out resourceful ways of supplying, supplying yourself? Supplying your supply, yeah, stash, supply, things like that. And So if you're at school, you can see if you can borrow supplies from friends, centers, libraries, institutes, student organizations, things like that. For example, at my university, I know that you can borrow GoPros from the library, at least under normal circumstances. Right now, things are a little bit different, of course. But, and I know that you can borrow mics, like condenser mics and things like that, again, under normal conditions from the Uh, university TV student group although you can't really do that now as well so think about ways you can get crafty and if you can do that there are also possibly other opportunities so if you do your hobby as a project then there is a possibility that you could receive funding or receive a discount opportunity by the mere fact that you're a student for example I think that it could be possible, and this is not based on any specific initiatives that I've seen, but if you want to help support ESL students in your broader city area, And in doing so, you want to, okay, I'm a podcasting person, so let's say you want to start a podcast to uplift their stories and share it. Maybe you can go to your Civic Life Institute on campus or your political science department and then see if you can make this project a part of the department and therefore receive funding to then purchase a set of mics or something like that. There are plenty of ways you can get creative to seek funding. If funding is your concern, And if minimizing the amount of things that you have is your concern, then there are the previous things listed, of course, that you can consider as well. For those who are not at school or even for those who are still at school, these are some sort of general options that you can think about. So check out your local library. They might have an array of tools or at least links to things that you can borrow, check out your local buy nothing group so there are buy nothing f- groups and everything free groups as far as i'm aware and their support network so make sure you're giving to those groups as you're taking from them but i think that they're a fantastic idea a lot of those the people in those groups believe in the circular economy or they're trying to you know not contribute to our overly consumeristic economy that we have right now where we pick up random things that we totally don't need things like that so I think that's a really eco-sustainably-minded, that was just a redundant word, but sustainably inclined and financially friendly and just a really nice neighborly experience. So that's another option. Obviously tap into your family, your friends your neighbors and if none of them really have the supplies that you need which chances are they do i feel like some hobbies you kind of get interested in because other people around you are doing it and if so try to see if you can maybe borrow if you're interested in charcoal drawing if you're interested in something like that you could ask your friend who does it if they can lend you a piece of charcoal that's how it works right and like a canvas i think something like that. So maybe you can help chip in to their new set purchase and in exchange you can just have one to see if you actually want to keep up with it if you have the time for it. After all that you can definitely check the final sale sections and yard sales. These are pretty obvious but the reason why and thrift stores. The reason why I highlight these is because hobbies can be pretty niche. Yeah I enjoy podcasting and there are a lot of people who do podcasts now especially with the pandemic. Because we all don't want to sound like crazy people talking to ourselves in their own room, so why not prop a mic in front of ourselves and do the same? But that doesn't mean that it's a commonplace hobby. So uh, pandemic kind of permitting, these things are a little bit obviously harder to access, and I was not able to do so, but it's definitely a good idea to look at secondhand places of various kinds or look at final sale sections because items off of there are generally much, much cheaper than the standard price. And... Also, probably if they're in final sale, they're about to get tossed out and, you know, chances are they're just going into the landfill. So definitely shopping those sections is better for your wallet and better for the earth. So also, of course, there's more options. I've also mentioned the thrift stores. This might be great if you're into cooking and you want to find some aesthetic bowls and you know you don't want to maybe use the same one over and over so you could pick up a few bring them back to the thrift store share them with friends i don't really know i don't cook that well i do cook for sustenance but that's it so facebook marketplace is another good place to look maybe some of your neighbors are looking to sell their magnificent paint set for much cheaper than you would have to pay for full price and So that could be a good option. And then you can look towards specialized stores, which I think is also a great option, especially if it's like a smaller specialized store that may not be getting a lot of traction in this current economy because hobbies tend to not be a necessity or depending on how you conceptualize it. I keep referring back to paint shops because I have friends who are into it, but I've never been into it myself, but also my mom wanted me to be into it. So she took me to classes another long story but i think that those shops are really cool and oftentimes they know a lot so they can help you find the right tools they can be probably generally pricier i would say but if you want to support a local business or support a small business of some kind or support another artist who's interested in the same things that you are and you have the capacity to i think that's a fantastic option as well so we have our low tool hobbies we have our tool intensive hobbies and there are there are so many so many fantastic things that you can do and i think the thing that i've heard mentioned or i've heard people mention in regards to what hobbies they're picking which i never really thought of as a deliberate process this podcasting thing sprung out of nowhere and it's fun and it's great but i've heard people say that they pick hobbies that they cannot possibly monetize and i guess that's not really true for this platform but well i don't know i i don't really agree with that actually i don't think that i think hobbies can be anything and it's also a very luxurious thing to say that hobby should be something you can't monetize if i'm spending a lot of energy in something i i kind of currently would appreciate it if it's potentially maybe monetizable even if it's not currently i don't know that's just that's just what i think i i think that you can still enjoy something and still have it be something that produces some good but at the same time i do see what they're saying because i feel like Since I started studying international relations at university, I've definitely learned a lot and have grown my passion in some ways, but also it has become incredibly stressful. I don't really go read the news for fun anymore or go on the UN website for fun as much as I used to at all, really. So I I see their point. I just wanted to introduce that idea and leave it at that. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'll wrap up here. I can't wait to talk to you again soon. If you have any tips, ideas, any hobbies you're trying out, send them my way at by H on Instagram. I can't wait to talk to you again soon, and I hope you have a fantastic day full of hobbies. Okay, I'll talk to you later. Bye, minimal moves.